So, one of the things we'd like to know about you before, you know, we get to be friends is uh, where you stand on certain spiritual issues. Have you come to a place in your life that if you die tomorrow, you're absolutely certain that you would go to heaven? Given the three-in-one concept of the Trinity, is uh, Perd Plus committing blasphemy by claiming it's two-in-one product? Quote your favorite Bible verse in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. On your Facebook, under religion, do you classify yourself as Christian? Agnostic? Protestant. Muslim? Buddhist? Kabbalah? Southern Baptist? Mennonite. Seventh-day Adventist. Baptism. Sprinkling? Dunking? Or high-powered water gun? All right, Christ Church, we uh, are uh, in a series uh, friending. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at Christ Church, and we've been uh, started last week looking at the series about uh, friendship. And uh, last week we kind of laid the foundation of the importance of friendship and how, as Christ followers, uh, you know, we invest in other people. We want to invest uh, in these relationships, uh, and we laid out for you one significant, significant kind of foundational principle that will kind of govern, and it's going to be kind of every, every message here on out is going to be the, kind of the key principle that we grow out of uh, each, each week. Uh, and it is that, that straightforward principle that uh, Proverbs 13 outlines really well about friends being able to forecast uh, your future, right? Who you surround yourself with uh, influences and uh, can dictate the outcome of where your future goes. And so Proverbs uh, thirteen twenty says, walk with the wise and you become wise. Yeah, right? You surround yourself with wise people. It's going to rub off. That's going to forecast your future. And, and wisdom is, is going to be part of your future, right? In contrast, associate with fools and you get in trouble, right? That's the way it goes. And you can look back at your life. Those times you got into trouble, uh, you probably can point to some other people who were instigators uh, in your life and kind of influencing you to do some really stupid things, right? It's not so good. And so that's kind of this foundational principle uh, that we just need to really wrap our head and our heart around uh, that the Bible just lays, uh, lays out for us. Uh, and as we take one more step, this foundational principle uh, leads us to another great invitation. Now, last week we made the invitation of thinking about who your friends are, right? Taking a good hard look at who you're surrounding yourself with. Uh, This week we take one more step based on this principle, and it becomes a great invitation. Uh, Here's the invitation, right? If you receive the truth of what we just shared with you, then, then you'll understand that you are one friend away from a redirection in your life. Right? If friends forecast your future, then you are one friend away from having your life move potentially in a whole new direction. You are one friend away from God using you and discovering and bringing to you a whole new awareness and understanding through that friend that will lead to a whole new outcome of where your life is going to go. You are one friend away from a whole new future. Or you may be that one friend. 
You may be that one friend who can step into somebody's life and redirect their future. You may be the one friend that God is growing you up to and leading you to, who has matured you to in Christ. You may be the one friend that has the opportunity to step into somebody else's life and help them discover a whole new direction in their life. You could be one friend away from your life going in a new direction You could be that one friend who helps somebody else go in a new direction. Now, let me prove that to you scripturally, right? Let me prove that and show you how it lays out uh, in the Bible. This is from Acts uh, 9. Uh, It's about the experience of Saul, who later became uh, Paul, the apostle, right? How many folks know about Paul, the apostle? All right. A lot of you know about Paul, the apostle, right? For those that, that don't, awesome guy incredible guy, right? Uh, This is a guy that, uh, you know, he's walking on the road to Damascus because he had been persecuting the church. He'd been killing Christians, literally. uh, And he's on the way to Damascus to do the same thing. And Jesus shows up, introduces himself into, into Saul's life, and Saul's life changes, right? And he becomes an incredible follower of Christ, He goes on missionary journeys. He establishes churches. The New Testament, a good portion of the New Testament was written by Paul. This guy, Paul, still today is influencing you and me in growing in what it means to be a Christ follower. I think we can all agree, right, that that Paul's life, once Jesus came into his life, Paul's life became absolutely incredible for the cause and the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody agree? How did that happen? That happened because friends stepped into his life. Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus comes to a guy named Ananias and says, Ananias, you're, you're a Christ follower. You know me. I want you to become Paul's friend. Ananias is obedient. He becomes that friend and teaches Paul in the gospel. In Acts 9, Paul, then Saul, goes to Jerusalem. He goes to meet the believers in Jerusalem, kind of the mothership of the church, right? He goes to, to meet the leaders of the church. And it says when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with those believers and leaders, but they were all afraid of him. They knew what he did. They knew how he had persecuted the church and killed Christians, right? And they didn't believe that he had truly become a believer. They thought it was all a scam. He was still out to get them. Now, look at the situation right now. Paul right now, Saul right now, is at that point where his ministry and the direction of his ministry is at risk. He is going nowhere right now. But that all changes when a friend steps forward and steps into his life. Then Barnabas, 
Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. What allowed the redirection of Paul's life after he was introduced to Jesus? The answer would be a friend. A friend. That in God's sovereign nature, in his sovereign wisdom, he brought the right friend into Paul's life at the right time, and it totally redirected Paul's future. So ask yourself, what kind of friend does God need to bring into your life right now? to give direction or redirection to your future. What what kind of friend does does God need to tap on the shoulder and, and move into your life right now so that your life can begin to move and mature or go in a new direction in the in the path that God would choose for you? Or Who around you needs you to be that very friend? Who around you needs you to step into their life and be that friend that God chooses for them in this time, in this place, to give redirection to their life? Here's the way it works. If you're sitting there this morning and it's Mother's Day and you're saying, yeah, you know what, I know I'm a mom, but... I don't feel like I'm a really good mom. That's okay. Start asking God to bring you a friend who's an awesome mom. Who can help redirect you and mature you in understanding what it means to be a mom who's sold out on Christ. Maybe you're a dad. You're not feeling like an awesome dad. It's okay. It's understandable. But start praying now. Start asking God to bring that right friend into your life who's an awesome dad. Who follows Christ, gets what it means to be a a godly father, and who can step into your life and help you get redirected and grow into being that kind of dad. Same is true as being a wife. or Same is true being a husband. Maybe, maybe you just don't feel like you're doing really good at either of those. Well, start looking around. Start looking around this room and find a Christ follower who's in this room who you know is displaying the qualities of being a, a great uh, husband or, or a great wife. Get to know them, become their friend, and let them teach you in Christ how to be what God wants you to be. Maybe you just don't feel like a great person. It's okay. God receives us the way we are. But he has a friend waiting for you to step into your life and help you discover and redirect and become that person that God has always dreamed and known you can be. Start asking God now. Praying now and asking God to raise up that friend in your life that can give new direction and redirection to your life. Or 
Start listening to God if He's speaking to you to be that friend for somebody else. Now, you need to make sure that as you do that, you understand what we're praying for and what we're asking for. We're not just asking for any friend. We are asking for a friend who will walk with you in a Christ-directed future. So you need to make sure that that friend is a committed friend and he's committed to that same spiritual walk with you. Amos asks a great question. You know the answer to this question. Study the question real quick because I'm going to ask you for the answer in a minute. Right? Here you go. Ready? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? The answer is... No, I can't do that, right? No, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this way. No, I'm going... Th- no. Can't do that. You've got to both walk in the same direction, right? So if, if you're going to have this friend come into your life, if you're looking for this friend, you have to make sure the friend is going in the right direction, right? You have to make sure the friend is already headed in the right direction, that they're already walking in, in, the, in the purposes and the path of Christ, right? You, you need that friend who's going to come in... And, and walk with you. So Barnabas, Barnabas steps into Paul's life, and guess what happens? When Paul starts going on a missionary journey, guess who goes with him? That would be Barnabas. Because they're walking in the same direction. You need that Christ follower who can walk with you in that same direction. Why is that important? Well, the earnest prayer of a righteous person, right? Somebody who's walking in that right direction, right? A righteous right direction with Christ. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Who likes great power and wonderful results? Uh, two people in the room like great power and wonderful results. Okay. <laughs> no, right? I mean, sign me up, right? That's who I want in my life. That's, I want that kind of friend. I want somebody who's going to step into my life. They're going in the right direction. And when they pray, God listens. And things happen. And my life is going to move and get redirected. Because it's not just them stepping into my life. It is God stepping in through them. you got to be walking in the right direction. they got to be walking in the right direction direction. Now this friend who's walking in that direction also needs to be somebody who is able and ready to commit. We're not talking about just kind of a casual friendship here. We're talking about somebody who's ready to step in and be committed to walk with you uh, in your life. This is also somebody that is of the same gender as you, okay? We're not talking about A mixed-gender relationship here. That's way too risky, okay? Like-gender relationship, but somebody who is ready to step in and be committed to a friendship for the long haul, even in spite of the difficulty of the circumstances that may be in the future or in the present. Now, there's a great example of this in the Old Testament. It is the, the friendship between a guy named Jonathan and a guy named David. How many folks in the house have heard about Jonathan and David? 
Some of you? Okay, good. Great. Good Old Testament readers. Thank you. Right? For those that haven't, Jonathan, David, you need to read about them. It's an awesome, incredible uh, friendship. And this friendship happens in the midst of turmoil and struggle. But it's just a great example to us of what God can do when he brings the right people uh, together. Right? So you've got Jonathan, uh, and Jonathan is the son of King Saul. That makes Jonathan a prince, right? He's a prince of Israel. So he is the son of King Saul. David? David is a shepherd boy that God has chosen and anointed through Nathan to be the next king, right? He is the one who is going to replace Saul. Do you get a sense there may be a little possibility for tension in this relationship? Right? I mean, Jonathan is Saul's son, which means he technically would be next in line for the throne. And yet Jonathan commits to this friendship with David because he sees in David God is working and doing something greater. If you go to 1 Samuel 20, it says uh, Jonathan talks to David about the threat that, that Saul is making against David. And he says, you know that if I ever had the slightest notion that my father was planning to kill you, I'd tell you at once. And we'll see later he does, right? And so Jonathan made a solemn pact with David saying, may the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again. For Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. What do these guys have going on? An incredible committed relationship, right? You you see Jonathan say, may the Lord destroy all your enemies. That would include, guess who? Dad. That would include Saul. That would include Jonathan's dad. And yet Jonathan is so committed to this friendship. You see, you need somebody in your life who is ready to be absolutely committed, right? Jesus is absolutely committed to your life, so much so that he would lay down his life for you. You need somebody in your life who's ready to walk in his footsteps and be committed regardless of the circumstances of your life, right? John says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. See the word? See, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for friends who are walking in that right direction, who can be that influence of God in our life to reform and redirect our future. And that's only going to happen if they're absolutely committed. And if they're committed to you, it means they're also committed to make your life better. Right? They're there and they understand they're there to influence you for the cause of Christ and to make your life better. And so we have Jonathan. Uh, if you look at, at uh, verse 4 there, it says, Jonathan seals his friendship pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Now, on the surface, we'd look at that and say, Oh, isn't that nice? What a, what a radically generous guy, right? Isn't that nice? Friendship, gave him some gifts. No, it's so much more than that, Right? Remember who Jonathan is. Jonathan is King Saul's son. 
He is royalty. And when he does this, when he takes off his royal robe, his royal tunic, and he gives this to David, what is he transferring to David? His identity of royalty. He's he's not just giving him a few cool things, right? It's not just a nice Christmas in July deal, right? No, Jonathan is absolutely committed, and David is just a shepherd boy. He's been out in the fields fighting lions and watching sheep. But Jonathan is so committed that he now becomes that friend who wants to make David's life better. And he gives him even his own royal identity. Do you see how awesome that is? You see, Jonathan understands friendship. He understands the importance of what he's there for. He is there committed to make David's life better. Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. What does it do? It sharpens it and makes that person better. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want in our lives. That's what we're asking God to bring into our lives. Somebody who's committed and somebody who is there to be used by God to make our life better. Now, you've got to understand, if that's going to happen, that friend's going to come into your life, they're going to do the, they have the goal of making your life better, it means they're going to say some things you don't want to hear. Because they're there to speak God's truth into your life. And you've got to be ready to hear it. Right? If that friend is going to be used by God and redirect your future, it means they're committed, but they're also there in that commitment to speak the things into your life that you need to hear. If you look at uh, Jonathan again, right? Saul, dad, decides he wants to get rid of David, right? So he tells his servants and he even tells Jonathan, listen, if you get a chance, assassinate the guy. Get rid of this guy, right? What does Jonathan do? Instead of being obedient to dad, he goes to David and he speaks the truth to David and says, hey, uh, because of my strong affection for you, David, I'm going to tell you my dad wants to kill you. Suppose David wanted to hear that? Probably not. (laughs) The king's out to get you. But Jonathan came to him and spoke the truth. That's what those friends do. Those friends come into our lives and and they speak the truth, even though it may be something we don't want to hear. Right? Proverbs says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. This is what we need. We need a real friend who speaks the truth in love, and they come in and they just speak that truth into our life. And they speak that truth in love because they're they're there to encourage us and to encourage us in our life and in our walk with Christ. So you can see, again, Jonathan, right, seeking out David. He's under the threat of death now. What does Jonathan do? His commitment to his friend. It says, Jonathan went to find David and to encourage him to stay strong in what? In his faith. You see that? To stay strong in 
in his faith. You see, you're looking for a friend who can be used by God to speak that truth to you, but to do it in love that encourages you in your faith, that encourages you in your walk with Christ to become that person that God wants you to be. So he's going to accept you, even though you may be weak sometimes in your faith. That person's going to accept you. He's going to love you. He's going to look past, uh, you know, the rights or the wrongs in your life. He's, he's going to be committed to just speaking that truth in love to you. Verse 11 of First Thessalonians says, So encourage each other and build each other up. Right? That's what we want. We want those friends who speak that truth for our good. Remember, they're there to make us better. If they're going to make us better, they're going to speak that truth in love, it means they're also going to hold us accountable. This is not something we like, right? But they're going to hold us accountable, right? And they're going to do that with a lot of prayer. But they're going to hold us accountable. Uh, I get together sometimes with, uh, with uh, you know, my pastor colleagues in, in the area, and uh, it's always interesting because uh, Christ Church is blessed and we're growing and we're reaching people. God's doing awesome things uh, here, but that's not happening in a lot of places, right? And so I get together with uh, my, my colleagues and, and they'll share some of their, you know, frustrations and their discouragement and, you know, they'll start saying, oh, I mean, I'm not, we're not getting people and we're losing people and, you know, everything's going to heck, and uh, right? And so they keep kind of, and, and you receive that and you empathize with that. But somewhere along the way, uh, wanting to be a good force for God and a good friend, I will say, well, man, that's tough. But have, have you thought about uh, this? Or, you know, have you taken a look at uh, that? And what's interesting to me is when I do that, they don't want to hear that. You know what they want to do? Wallow. They just want to wallow, right? Just stay in the mud and wallow, okay? Now, if you've been taking a nap, wake up. Because you got to hear this, all right? You all awake? You listening? You got to hear this. This is the word of the Lord. You do not want friends in your life who simply let you wallow. That is not godly friendship. You do not want to surround yourself with friends who all they do is empathize and let you stay exactly where you are and wallow. That is not a godly friend. And you should not be that friend. Friends hold people accountable to the cause and the purposes of God in their life. Jesus didn't die so you could wallow. He died so you could conquer. You got it? Yes, thank you. That's worth coming today, right? There you go. That is so true. I get so frustrated. You get, you get the idea I get frustrated with that? They just, they just want to wallow. What? Okay, it's not good, but start praying, start doing, start moving forward, right? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed hard and heavy, and he let God know what was on his heart. And, and God the Father empathized, absolutely. And then the next thing, the Father says, 
Let's go. Your betrayers are coming. Let's go. Let's go get it done. Come on. The cross is ahead of you. See, we need friends, godly friends who are walking in the right direction, who will step into our lives. They'll be absolutely committed. They'll speak the truth in love, and they will hold us accountable. So when you're not in this room for a couple of weeks, they're calling you up and saying, where the heck are you? And you're not gathering with a small group of friends and being in the Word and praying together. They're going to get a hold of you and say, hey, we miss you. You see, they're going to keep you moving, keep you going in the intentions and the purposes of God. That's what friends in Christ do. That's what they do. Now, here's the flip side. You may need to be that person right now in somebody else's life. You may need to be the Barnabas who steps up, who steps in and starts being that person that holds somebody else accountable and moves them, redirects their future for the cause of Christ. And it starts, it starts by just praying about it, right? When we're done today, you need to just, you just sit down with the Lord and you just say, God, bring me that kind of friend. Choose whoever it is. They could be in this room right now. They probably are. Whoever you need is probably sitting next to you somewhere in this room. And, and you just need to start asking God, bring me, God, bring me that friend that will redirect my life. Or, God, show me that person that I need to be that kind of friend for. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. You need that friend. You can be that friend. That's godly friends. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for your awesome goodness. And you are that kind of God. You, you would not leave us in our, our sin. You would not leave us in our brokenness. But you would come and, and your son Jesus would be an incredible friend to us. And he still is. And Lord, we, we pray today, right now, we pray that you would just give us a spirit of discernment. That, that we could begin to ask for that right friend. That right friend going in the right direction. Just, just give us that friend that our future would be redirected into your purposes. Or Lord... Show us that person. Show us that person that we need to be that friend to. And help us to do that in all humility, all gentleness and kindness, loving them and forbearing with them. So, Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for the incredible uh, power of your word today and the opportunity that we have uh, to grow in Christ, uh, the greatest friend we could ever have, the greatest Savior that we don't even deserve but you freely give us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.